Welcome back, everybody, to the Caught Red Podcast. We are your host. I am Megan Light. And I'm Jesse Light. And we are just two dog lovers here to talk some true crime, horror movies, and of course, our dogs, too. We got this big old package from JMA, from Miss Jill. Holy crap. We have a lot of listeners that are just incredible and she is just she's one of them and I mean she sent us this big ass care package and there's I mean so many goodies for the cats the dogs for us you didn't have to do that but dude shipping is so expensive yes that's, that's why you're getting things back to you girl we gotta we gotta repay you back with goodies yeah, as well we saw that stamp and we're like oh my god but thank that, you for it yeah though. that's so, so awesome sweet. We were very surprised. I haven't by that. broken out the critter things yet because I want to at least wait for Christmas for those. But we got into the chocolate already. Those so. are good stocking stuffers. Yes, they are. Along with everything else I put in my cart while you were working on your stuff up here. They'll they'll be ready. Yeah. Yeah. What so. are you putting in my stocking stuffer? Like a mini WD forty can or something or what? What? <laughs> for your knees? Yeah, I need. <laughs> decided while I'm putting in there I've got a few ideas I gotta finish shopping since we'll be doing my family's early I think I'll need black like two more people I can't wait for my boxes of cereal from your brother yeah and dog food we get dog food and cereal these past few years from my brother and sister-in-law because she's like she even asked me the other day what do you guys want do you just want to do cereal for Jesse and then dog food again? I was like, hell yeah. Can't, That's fine. Can't go wrong there. I got to take Ozzy tomorrow to get his shots. He's due. Yeah, got to get it in before they go on that long break. Oh, that After too. Christmas or during Christmas or whatever. They go off for like two weeks, don't they? They do, and I, got every, I have to get everybody's prevention also. And then today was really fun. I had a great time with your mom. I don't know how many people can say that about their mother-in-laws, but I got very lucky that Jesse's mom and his dad too, but his mom's awesome. We took her to Petty Jean to do Cedar Falls, and she could see the waterfall. It's a good little hike. Mm -hmm. I got a workout in. Yeah, you stripped down. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, starting to sweat. And it's like under 60 degrees, I guess. Mm -hmm. So it was a little chilly starting out, but not bad. And then there was no sun for a little portion. I was like, oh, your mom's like, Meg, you're right. <laughs> yeah, fine. Pushing through. That was fun today. You had your nice thick socks on, so you Dude, survived. Ross, all day. They were Eddie Bauer socks, a two pair for oh, $8. Nice. I like Eddie Bauer. Mm-hmm. And now you know what L.L. Bean is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I got you a jacket, early Christmas present. That's the one thing about ordering stuff for Christmas. Like, what if you get it in and it didn't fit or you didn't like it, but then you can't return it because you waited so long? You know, so I was like, you need to try it on now. If you hate it, it's going back. Did your wedding band, your little Harry Potter wedding band fit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the only brand that I can get a rubber ring Size in. Size three. Yes. <laughs> That's crazy. 
Yeah, if y'all like silicone rubber rings, we always get ours from Enzo. Sometimes I do Quelo for you just because they can fit your fingers. But if you have little fingers like I do, they are the only ones I've found that have the smallest sizes possible. So I got us these little cute matching Harry Potter rings. His says, after all this time, and mine says always. Or still after all this time, mine says always. One of those yeah. two, something like that. Close enough. Yeah. And we also both have always tattooed on our left wrist too. So yeah, it just adds like, to it. Whenever, like Megan says, she's headed home. I always tell her, drive careful. She does the same to me and will respond by saying, always. Always. So that's our little thing. That's our cute little couple thing. Yeah. Mushy. We used to do Mushy Mondays. Now we're just like, (sighs) it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Guess we'll need to start that back up. The New Year's coming. We can have a resolution for that. There you go. Well, you going to be ready to knock out your thing? Let's Jesse, Jesse is going to be telling us procrastination. Yeah, it almost was delayed because nah, because even though we've pushed it back a day or two, it's still we still we're still just last minute people. It'll never change. No, it's fine. It's the way we are. Yeah, but he knocked it out, and we're gonna have us a little short and sweet one here. Pretty short and sweet. Okay. All right. How about it? Well, this case kind of had me thinking. It's like when when a guy reaches like 30 years old, he's going to invest a lot of time in like one of four things. Okay. It's like grilling meats, <laughs> working on cars, hunting, or golfing. And I'd say golf is probably the one I've chosen, even though I haven't really played that much lately, at least in the last year. But you do love it. I do love it. I'd love to grill more meat or any meat at all, but I've never been really good at that. So, well, we need a propane tank anyway. Yeah, I guess you could throw fantasy football in there. I don't know. Only that's only like half the year. But as for the man in this case, Peter Keller, it was none of the above. Okay. His newfound hobby one that he had wanted ever since he was a little kid was to build a bunker deep in the forest away from the rest of civilization. And he managed to video record a lot of his progress and upload it to YouTube. Guess he was wanting to be some amateur vlogger or influencer. I don't know. Now, why you ask? Well, your guess is as good as mine. Peter Keller was a grown man. 41 years old, he had a job, he had a home, he had a family. So why on earth would he spend his free time making this grown-up fort? I mean, that's basically what it was. Yeah, And the first thing I think of is, what did his family think of it? Like, did they know what he was really doing with all his time? All I can picture is, like, him coming home late at night, just covered in dirt and his wife asking what in the world has he been up to for the last, like, nine hours or something? Because that's how long he was spending on these trips out into the woods. Jesus. Like, did his family or friends know about it? And did they help with the bill? Did they ever, like, go and see the progress he made on it or anything? I don't know. 
was he planning for like the second coming of Jesus or the end say, of the world or something? Because there. this happened in like 2012 when everybody was talking about all the, the end of the world's coming because of, what was it? What calendar was it that everybody was saying? It was the end of that calendar. What was it? Let me look it up. The Mayan calendar? Yes, the Mayan calendar. The Maya predicted the end of the world on December 21st, 2012. So. Well, they also said Y2K was going to wipe everything out. and then. Oh, yeah, you there's know, always something. But every decade or so, there's... I just wonder if that had shit. any relation to this or not. Who knows? Well, if he is he didn't a crazy really, man, then he probably yeah, followed it. He never mentioned that that I saw, but... They didn't go to his house and find a calendar on his wall, and he's just got the date circled <laughs> right. in red. Yeah, I don't know. But I don't see where any of this could have ever been a good thing for like his whole relationship with his family. I mean, being a prepper is one thing, nothing wrong with that. But what Peter Keller was up to was something way different. I, would, I wouldn't put him in that category. Peter had a wife, Lynette, and they had an 18-year-old daughter, Kayleen. Peter worked for a company that refurbished computers. He had a train collection and a gun collection. Odd combo, right? My grandpa collected trains. That's pretty cool, I think. And CB radios. One of my uncles was into that kind of stuff, too. Now, his boss actually described him as a great employee, like you could use him as a clock because he was always on time. I can't remember the actual phrase there, but it was something along those lines. But then he also was described as having a distaste for authority. So Yeah, those don't it's that they don't they don't go together. No. Lynette was also 41 and she was a housewife at the time. She actually got into a work accident where she hurt her back pretty bad. So she was drawing disability. But while she was at home, she worked on arts and crafts that she would sell online and then she would like sell. Like an Etsy shop? Yeah, I don't know if they had Etsy back then, like, but that's kind of like what she was doing. And she'd sell them at like local fairs and markets. She made these like paper flowers. Oh. And then she did scrapbooking, kind of like my mom mm -hmm. does or did. It was a hobby for her, but she made a little money off that too. And then Peter had showed her a thing or two about vlogging or whatever, the YouTube stuff. So she kind of used the video camera, too, to set up her own little YouTube channel to show off all her scrap or her uh, arts and crafts stuff. And she was shy, but she used that as kind of a way to open up. I can see that. And then she was like, you know, if, if you want to watch it, cool. If not... I'm not forcing you to watch it, so who cares? One day we'll do video, and you can actually see our <laughs> One dogs. Day, yeah. <laughs> now, Kayleen had just graduated high school and was going to attend Bellevue College that fall. She wanted to study video game design and production. She also had an interest in environmental preservation, and she was described as intelligent and gentle, and she had a bright future ahead of her. And she also dabbled with the video camera stuff as well. So, and there was tons of little clips. Just you didn't. One of them was behind the camera, like just uh -huh. showing just daily life and stuff, just around the house. But like then you could see like 
uh, Peter was recording her while at her graduation and like asking her questions and stuff. So from all the accounts of Lynette, Peter was a great husband. She told a story about how her and Peter actually first started dating. They knew each other in high school, but they didn't start dating till a couple years later. And she was kind of skeptical about it at first, but her sister talked her into it, saying that Peter seemed like a really nice guy and you should start dating him. So she did, but not even like three months into dating, Peter was asking Lynette her thoughts on marriage and having kids. And at first she would always tell him like, stop pushing it. Slow down, I want buddy. nothing to do with it. Like, I don't want to get married, all this stuff. But he ended up proposing after three months, and she said yes. Holy cow. Yeah, that's quick. And they had just celebrated their 21st anniversary there in 2012, and he bought her a ton of scrapbooking supplies for her little business. And they actually had a dog, too, in the family named Dino. Dino. And he reminds me a lot of our friends JJ and Hannah's dog Baxter. He was little, like this little black dog with mm. some white, but I'm not really sure what breed he is exactly. Those are some of the best kind. They lived in North Bend, Washington, which is about 30 miles east of Seattle. And to the outside looking in, they seemed to have just an ordinary life. The family was known to struggle a little bit financially from time to time, but every family faces challenges. But we wouldn't be talking about them if something terrible didn't happen, so... True that. True that. Let's get into it. On April 22nd, 2012, in the mobile home park where their family lived, several neighbors heard an explosion. They looked outside and saw the Keller home up in flames, and they immediately dialed 911, and the firefighters were on the scene in a hurry to put the fire out. And this was at like 8.45 in the morning. Immediately, it looked like an arson case because when they tried to enter the home, they found that the door was blocked. Oh, And then after they put the fire out, they noticed the door had been blocked by a sofa, a chair, and a gas can. Huh. And there were actually like multiple gas cans spread throughout the house as well. And when you think of arson cases, though, like, you don't think of them being like in the morning like that. Like 8.45 in the morning. Todd Willingham. That's true, but... I don't think that was an arson case. Well, I'm just saying it was. But in the yeah, morning, it was. That was like nine a.m. too, wasn't it? And the the house. Oh yeah. Up the street from us. But I don't think that was arson. No, I that think was that was just, just hoarders. Something faulty happened. Faulty wiring yeah. or something. Yeah. On the stovetop. Now this is weird. Okay. On the stovetop was a skillet with a plastic bag containing gasoline in it. Now, that's strange. Is that like a homemade bomb or something? I don't understand. Was it a gas stove or was it electric? I don't know. Was it supposed to like explode when it got too hot or something? Or was the stove turned on? I've never heard that. 
but obviously we arson. We know cardboard burns. <laughs> yes, we tall. know that. Now Peter Keller was nowhere to be found, which was very suspicious. But Lynette and Kayleen were both found inside the house. Oh. The fire had not yet gotten to them, but they were both dead. Oh. They didn't didn't... die from the smoke or from the fire. Lynette and Kayleen had gunshot wounds to the head. Oh, no. They were both found in their beds, so it was believed that they were killed in their sleep. Now, this is where you're going to be upset. Dina was found shot in the home as well. Listen, dude, we don't do these fucking cases. (laughs) Quit. I didn't know until I was already halfway through. I'm sorry. At least he didn't suffer. Well, you're going to be getting some heavy (laughs) cupcakes for ours tomorrow to show how much you love them. So obviously, this was a crime scene now. The fire... Seemed to be like a cover-up. Mm-hmm. And the husband slash father was not there, so he was the main suspect. Where could he be? Now, police found some pretty disturbing things while searching the home. For one, the hard drive for the computer was still intact, and they found photos and photos and photos on there that showed that Peter was building this bunker somewhere in the woods. What? Yeah. And then in a safe inside the house, there were floor plans, I guess you'd call them, for the bunker. Mm -hmm. And then there were plans on building a lab for viruses and and making nanobots. What in the world? (laughs) It's watching like Terminator and (laughs) stuff too much. Yeah, or I'm Legend or something. They noticed in one of the photos that there was a power line in the distance, so they figured that... It must be near the downtown area. They saw a few creeks as well. After putting all this information together, they are able to kind of pinpoint the general location. They narrowed it down to somewhere near Rattlesnake Ledge, which is a trail just outside of North Bend. And all through all this time, I'm just thinking, like, why did he do this during the morning? If he wanted to, like, make it seem like a cover-up by the with the fire, why didn't he do it at night? Because his neighbors probably wouldn't have seen it so fast if it was at night. Well, if his technique for the stovetop, maybe he did it and started it, and it just took until 8 in the morning to actually ignite. A delay for him to get out. So maybe he did it in the middle of the night, and he thought it would go faster. Maybe. That's what I was wondering if he had a if his stove was gas. But if that was still on or the stove and it hadn't burned, maybe he had something else nearby. And I don't know. I don't know. I'm assuming some of the gas cans started, made the explosion sound that the neighbors heard. I'm not sure. That is strange. You would want to do it so you could sneak away. Yeah. And you would want the flames to get to the hard drive so all your, like, evidence of where you're hiding isn't going to be found. No one heard the gunshots? I assume he used a silencer. 
the dude had like 13 or so guns okay that he took with him the investigators were able to locate peter's truck it was parked in town a couple miles away from the house it was unlocked and the keys were still in the ignition his mountain bike was missing from the house along with those guns so they assumed he was probably going to be armed and dangerous I don't think he took his trains with him, but you got to think, though, that he probably parked the truck and then took his mountain bike wherever he was headed, which was probably the bunker. They also found that for two days prior to the fire, Peter had not used his phone. They discovered that he had also withdrawn $6,200 from their family bank account. When police questioned Kayleen's boyfriend, he told them that Peter had been building a survivor shelter and was preparing for the end of the world. Then they went to Peter's work and questioned his co-workers, and his co-workers said that he left early the previous day, and Peter pretty much told them that he may be back or he may not, like, don't hold your breath. Right. <laughs> his co-workers described him as spending a lot of time in the woods, not really like a backpacker or hiker though not doing what we did today yeah like what do you tell your co-workers though that you go out there and just meditate or something or that you're building do you tell people that you're building a bunker i don't know and i don't think he ever told people like exactly where in the woods he was going i would hope not that's the whole point of having a secret bunker is to keep it secret it's just weird though like this bunker's not on your land Anybody could come across this bunker by mistake, you know? I just see booby traps everywhere. I do, too. Now, but at this point, the police, they're pretty sure he's out in the woods somewhere. So they warn the public in, like, the most discreet ways possible to stay off the trails because there's a killer out there. And you got to remember, like, Peter's the prepper type or whatever. So he's probably got like a police scanner or a radio of some sort. So he's probably listening in to see if they're talking about him or if Mm -hmm. they're getting any closer to finding him or something because he's probably going to off himself if they get too close, I imagine. They asked the public, like mainly those that frequented the trails, if they ever seen his truck out there and like where he would park And this one guy came forward and said that he had seen his truck many times parked at the Rattlesnake Ledge trailhead. So police were definitely on to him. But they wanted to be careful. If and when they did come across Peter, they knew he would probably be armed. They didn't know if he would have hostages. And they didn't know if the area was booby-trapped, like you said. So they had to proceed with extreme caution, especially since he killed his wife and daughter and his dog. He surely wouldn't hesitate to have a shootout with people he didn't know or care about. So this Rattlesnake Ledge Trail was a four-mile round trip. Oh, I love a good loop. Yes. Loop trails rock. Don't get lost. It had 1,160 feet in elevation, and it had a high point of 2,078 feet. And it was a busy trail through a cool forest with views of the Cedar River watershed, Mount Washington, 
Rattlesnake Lake, and Chester Morse Lake. And then there are other trails off of it if you wanted like a longer hike. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, he wasn't just going to build this bunker like right on the trail. He probably made his own hidden trail off the beaten path where no one could find his bunker. Four days after the fire, they had two plainclothes officers work their way through the trail, dressed as hikers, really. They were able to find his bunker, mainly wow. mainly because they saw that there was smoke coming from oh, no. coming from the middle of the woods. Like, damn it, Eugene. <laughs> you know people are probably looking for you and you're going to make a fire. Like really That's just as bad as if he had like taken <sighs> a can of spray paint and made a mark on like a rock right next to the hatch. <laughs> so then... he remembered where it was yes. at. Yeah. So they send in SWAT to the location, but they're not certain like the game plan yet. They really wanted to force Peter out of the bunker because they, they don't know what's inside. On April 27th, 2012, SWAT members were dropped by helicopter on the Whoa. mountaintop like three different times. And they worked their way down the ridge following the creeks. At one point during the night, an officer thought he heard a pop like maybe a gun went off, but they weren't really 100% sure. And there ended up being a 22-hour standoff. They ended up flooding the bunker with tear gas, but Peter never came out. I'm sure he had a gas mask. Yeah, strong possibility. Like, if you've got all this equipment and supplies up there, I'm sure a gas mask was part of it. They finally rigged the hatch of the bunker with explosives to get the thing open without, like, physically trying to enter. I guess that was just the smart way to do it because they really thought it could be booby-trapped and they didn't want to risk injuring or killing somebody. Upon entering the bunker, they found Peter's dead body. Ooh. It looked like he died of from a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. And it looked as though he shot himself while he was up on the upper level of the bunker and then fell to the He's lower level. He's got levels in the bunker, too? Yeah, there's Holy levels to this shit. shit. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Multiple levels of the bunker. But I'll, I'll describe that in detail here in a minute. Man, if he didn't kill himself, we could have hired him to build us a bunker <laughs> out back right. on the land. Police searched the bunker, and amongst all the supplies, they found video diaries made by Peter Keller. Turns out he had been working on this bunker for eight years. So ever since 2004. So he was planning to kill his wife and daughter for eight years and live out there alone or as long as he could. Crazy. You think, you think for eight years he wanted to kill them? Well, you think that I was think more so. towards the end? At least for eight years he wanted to build his bunker. I don't know if like the whole killing part was Cause when you, part like, of the whole think plan. Think about it. Like For eight years, like your daughter's 10, and yeah. you're watching her grow up and go through all these milestones, and then you just decide to kill her i'm still not sure of what the motive was for killing them well if he was afraid the world was gonna end he'd rather take them out in a peaceful way than them suffer yeah i mean you see that a lot or like he just wanted to be alone and he felt like they couldn't survive without him maybe because his wife was on disability but i mean his 
daughter had a bright future, so I think she would have been just fine, but you just got to wonder. Yeah. But he took the dog with him a lot during his trips to the bunker to work on him, so I think he probably killed Dino because he couldn't bring him with him because he probably would have gave his position away if he was barking and stuff. Maybe, or if he was getting to be older, he was going to die and he'd have to die in the bunker with him yeah, or something like that. I don't know like how that. old Dino was. But yeah, the bunker was very impressive. He called it Camp Keller. It was a three-story underground bunker, like 20 feet deep. And keep in mind, it was like a mile from the trailhead. So every time he went there, he was bringing like a 40-pound pack of supplies with him. It's not like he could get there with his truck. He was carrying it on his back. I'm still 20 feet deep. Yeah. He dug yeah. that. Eight years, I mean, and he was out there like nine hours at a time, and he'd go there once or twice a week, just like depending on the weather. In the videos, he explained that it was something that he just wanted to build since he was a teenager. He didn't want to be around people. He didn't want to be a civilian. And he just felt like his life was meaningless and going nowhere. He said he was 41 and he felt like he was just running out of time. You had a family. You had people yeah. that cared for you. Yeah. He, he, he must was, have had a pop, like a nervous breakdown yeah, or something. He was and, messed up in the head. But he spent thousands, thousands of dollars working on this bunker. You think his wife was like, why is... Where's all my money? <laughs> yeah. Why, why is there a $4,000 charge to Home Depot? What is going... What did you go get? <laughs> right. You would just see me come home with like 10 inflatables. Yeah, they wonder why they're struggling financially. It's because he's spending thousands on this bunker, thousands on the supplies, guns, and ammo. Then he had thousands in cash stocked in there too. That's what I was thinking. Like, can you imagine if somebody came across this while right. he was at work or something and just took all that money out of there? He probably would have gotten so pissed and just went on a killing spree then. He had a significant amount of vodka in there and food and other supplies. Somehow he brought a generator out there. I mean, you know how heavy a generator is. Like, Maybe how? it had wheels at least. I know, but still... How the heck did he just tote that thing a mile into the woods? Also, you're toting all this stuff and there's just people walking on the trail like around you? Yeah, what? it's a busy trail. Like, where do you turn off to go on your little hidden path? How do people not see you? And with... why are they not going to follow you and be like, oh, is this a new route? Yeah. Do you? Do they... Are there more bodies out there? Do they think you're just like a worker out there or something? There were multiple, like, five-gallon buckets in there filled to the brim with all kinds of things. He had a stove rigged up from metal garbage can with a chimney coming out from the top of the bunker. Is that the smoke they saw? Yeah, that, that's what got him caught eventually. Then he had, like, heavy-duty chains and a hacksaw and some, like, really heavy-looking logs. So I don't know how the hell he moved those things. And he had like a pulley system he had engineered up. The whole thing was like outfitted with running water. Holy he had cow. freaking light switches in there. There were multiple escape patches and windows. It was just decked out. 
Dude. I mean, you could tell he spent eight years working on it. That is awesome. What's ironic, though, is that he was caught four days later when he spent eight years working that on is it. Sad. And his, yeah. his goal was like to be out there for 10 years and he got caught in four days, bro. He didn't <laughs> go far enough off that path. He's the worst criminal ever, I think. Gosh. But yeah, the guy didn't have to kill his wife and daughter and dog. Like he could have just like, if he wanted to be a loner, he could have just disappeared. Like, just, he didn't know where it was. Yeah. Get a divorce and go out and live in the woods alone. You don't even have to get a divorce. Just leave, just leave. and make them think you're just Something. gone. Yeah. So Crazy. I'm, I'm going to play some of his recordings for you, but basically he said he was freaked out by the fact that he had to go to work and pay bills and provide for his family, and he wasn't sure about his ultimate plan of killing his family and moving out there in the bunker, but like the more and more he thought about it the more it made sense to him the fam like his family growing up were they like sovereign citizens in some way he said he had a rough childhood but i'm not sure to the extent that's just like a random thought for you to go through your life and then you start a family and you've got your job and then all of a sudden you're just like you know what like he was a real awkward guy he was kind of like kept to himself but I don't know. He said that he was prepared to kill himself in the event the police found him. Well. He said, I do have my escape and it's death. I can always shoot myself. And he kind of like said it with with a laugh, I guess. A pep in his step. <laughs> yeah. A while ago, I used to sit here and think, you know, this whole thing is just crazy at times. And then I think about it and, and it would make sense. And it's like, okay, this is what I got to do. But, uh, you know, now, I guess with time, I just think that way all the time, that this is what I got to do. I don't even question it anymore. It just seems like everything makes so much sense now. Hmm. And he's just carrying his video camera with him? Yeah, it cracks me up because you can tell he's not comfortable with it but it's just constantly snowed and last month has just been really really wet and rainy and uh, it's just just couldn't do anything for a long time but I'm hoping now that uh, the weather is going to change it looks like it's getting better starting to switch over finally get everything up here and finish this off finally do what I have to do and get it out of the way at this point I don't know what's going to happen I may get uh, caught right away basically if I get caught I'm just going to shoot myself so I mean I could basically be dead in two weeks or three weeks I don't know it's all up to chance at this point so I don't think anyone knows where I'm at, but if they put it together, who knows? At this point, I have to take that chance. He was on to something. He predicted his death. He was just nonchalantly talking about the weather. Like, he already knew what his plan was, that he was going to kill his his family, and he's just saying, oh, I could I could have done it sooner if it wasn't for this snow and shit. Like, bro. 
That is wild. Off his rocker. He sh- I mean, if he was going to do something like that, he needed to go to, to like a different state or a different town. You know, somewhere, obviously he couldn't like go back home at the end of the day like he's you know, doing, right, because yeah. he'd be like further away. But he had too many like connections to that area. I'm getting to the point where just trying to live and pay bills and live as a civilian and go to work. I just it just freaks me out. It's actually more comfortable for me to think about living out here, um, robbing banks, pharmacies, just taking what I want for as long as I can. At least it'll be exciting. It won't be boring. And I don't have to worry about Lynette or Kayleen. And everything will be taken care of. It'll just be me. He wants that outlaw life. He's just a big talker. I don't think he has the balls to rob a bank or a pharmacy. If he does, I hope he's been like living on the land for so long. He's got that long, scruffy beard, and he's got dirt he, in his face. God. And... I mean, he, he shot Lynette and Kayleen while they were asleep. I, I just That's don't, a coward. It way. is a coward, exactly. I do remember at one point that he was complaining about Lynette going to spend all his money. I don't know if that has anything to do with why he killed them or what. Uh, But, I mean, shit, he was throwing thousands Thousands, of dollars into a fucking underground bunker on land he didn't even own. It's like she got hurt at work. And she found a passion with her little projects. It's mm-hmm. like he was doing fine, and that was like his passion project, but it just took over his it, whole life. Yep, he got absorbed with the whole bunker thing. So what's funny about these videos is that he didn't really have a chance to like edit some of these. And <laughs> like I always say to you, it's like live one take. Because mm-hmm. at some point we're going to have to just... Never edit, but no, if only. But like here, just listen to this guy. He's so awkward. Well, it's about two weeks before the end. This is going to be my last video, probably before till after that. Um, that's terrible. Well, it's about two weeks before I finally drop out of society and start this project. Um, Well, it's about two weeks before we finally drop out of society and fully commit to this. Uh, This is probably going to be my last video until after that. I just wanted to get one last video in before uh, that time. So far, I'm come to terms with it. I'm doing okay. I'm so glad we edit because if y'all <laughs> heard us half the time, you'd be like, "Are they mental?" I swear. Or the dogs the majority yeah. of the time. He's so awkward though. But it obviously he obviously cares what what people think of him. That's his first mistake. Yeah. 
Otherwise, he wouldn't be like doing the retakes. And he also mentioned in another clip that he felt like he was ugly and that no one would want to watch his videos. What? <laughs> and I'm not sure who these videos are even intended for anyways. Yeah. I guess just anybody who comes across them afterwards. I mean, if they're titled something like How to Become... A doomsday prepper. I'm sure somebody would click on it and he'd be like, show his bunker off or something. But right. Well, if he'd done that nowadays, he'd have thousands and thousands of views and likes probably because that's what people do. Influence. Mm-hmm. I saw one of the investigators said this about him. He's, she said his dipstick wasn't hitting the oil with him. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Have you heard that before? No. I was like, that's great. That is a great insult. (laughs) The dipstick wasn't hitting the oil with him. I love that. I am writing that down. (laughs) Crazy, though. Crazy case. I mean, I get it if you want to be a prepper or if you want to live off the beaten path. Like, sometimes we want to say, fuck it, and go buy some land with no neighbors I've been Inside, waiting on it. Build a Bartiminium. Our Have own cattle. little own little homestead with critters running around everywhere. I love that and idea. And just get away from society. Go to the store every month or two and get supplies. But we aren't gonna kill family members, you psycho. Did you see what I sent you? The forty acres? Uh-uh. Oh. <laughs> I Today? You, I sent you forty acres oh. earlier. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Build us a Barnuminium like you're talking about. Build my parents a tiny house, and then we'll have the connecting uh, fence line in between so our dogs can go back and forth, and that's fine with me. I'm all for whoever wants to live in the city limits. That's your prerogative. That's what you love. Jesse and I want to go away from people, Mm -hmm. not towards people. You like what you like, though. Yep. Obviously... Peter Keller had some real mental issues and needed help. And it sounded like he wanted like a permanent vacation from life. And he just went too far with it. And he was just ungrateful for the things that he had. He had a loving wife of 21 years. He had a smart daughter with a bright future. He had a sweet little dog who actually in the videos would growl and bark at Peter. And you know, dogs know when someone is cold-hearted, so I think Dino knew. That something was coming. In the end, the bunker was destroyed. Man! I know. That's unfortunate. All the cash that he had hoarded in the bunker was donated to a scholarship in memory of Lynette and Kayleen, so that was nice. But yeah, that is wild. That is the case of Camp Keller. Jeez. The videos, does he ever show his bunker? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll post some pictures, too. Okay, yeah, because I want to see this bad boy. Man, that is unfortunate, though. You can have passion projects. You can have side projects. You can have something that's your own. You don't have to kill your family. 
He could have just had that bunker and be like, hey, babe, you know what? Today was stressful. I'm going to spend an hour, two, the night. Exactly. You know, decompress, see in the morning, blah, blah, blah. Yep. That could have just been his man cave. He didn't exactly. have to go to those extreme levels. I wish he had uh, some sort of like apocalyptic vehicle he was building alongside the bunker. That had been real cool. I am dying to see this, though. I think it'll be really cool to look at. There's a little documentary, I think, Explore With Us on YouTube. Yeah. When a killer vlogs his murders, explore with us. Seven days ago, 4.1 million views. So go check wow. that out. Yeah. I'm still going back to the, the trailer explosion partly. The whole thing didn't blow up, obviously. Just part of it was on fire. Yeah. I really do wonder I what his goal was there. I think the fireman got there so fast that it they put it, out. put it out before, like... The whole thing was destroyed. And all those gas cans around, he was waiting for those to go off yeah. and explode. Hmm. Be interesting to see the report to see what started that fire. Yeah. Because you would think, too, if you're doing that to cover evidence, you would do it on the evidence you're covering. Right. So that'd be the or first thing to go. just take your hard drive with you. Take your, like, floor plans and stuff with you. Yeah. Strange. When you were talking about the computer thing, all I could picture was office space when they're beating up the printer, which is what I want to do to our damn printer. <laughs> yeah. Take a Ugh. baseball bat to it. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. You know, they're <laughs> kicking on it. I could just see yeah. him smashing his computer. Well, good job, love. Thank you. You got anything else? That's it. Well. Close her out. That wraps up another episode here for us on the Caught Red Podcast. If you like us, share us, give us a review. When you do that, more people find us. You can look us up on Facebook and Instagram. You have to spell it P-A-W-D for podcast. That's how you'll find us. Send us recommendations. You can DM us for those or just if you want to talk to us in general. We do love that. And we will be back next week with some more true crime. But until then, stay local, shop local. Murder local.